Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We like to call it a freak flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! Football 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. And we're glad that you are here to enjoy it with us. We got Super Wildcard Weekend coming up, and we'll break it down from every angle, every different matchup. We'll hit all, hit it all, slap it up, flip it, and rub it down. Also, there are some updates on the 40 acres we got to get to, so we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain briefly next segment and give you uh, all the news, notes, and nuggets. We also got off the record coming up, and of course, we got Harge Knock Life at 4.30, Rods Ran the Day at 5.30. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was is a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but he was a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Harge. What's going on, brother? Lickety split, your boy <laughs> made it. I was stuck in traffic, but I'm here and I'm excited hey. to be here. It is Friday. It is a, what do you call it, freak flag, fake it till you make it. Gotta let the freak flag fly, man. That's right. That's what we're going to do. But uh, I'm just excited to be here. We got a lot to get into, but let's start it off the way we should every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments, but he is a fan of you, 
the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate the intro. Uh, gets better and better every time. Um, let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. He's also the owner of the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie, our man Lou. He is Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. We get NFL football, playoff football all oh, weekend. I know. We'll make Okay, uh, later on the show, we'll, we'll give everybody to like the six o'clock, uh, then six o'clock hour, we'll make our actual predictions for all the playoff games. I'm sure you'll probably get the uh, you'll get the clues and the hints as to where we're leaning officially, <laughs> uh, and we'll mention it uh, when we break down the matchups, of course. But we'll give our official. You can always waffle, all right, until the six o'clock. Then we got to put our name on it, give you Super Bowl predictions and our playoff predictions. We'll get all that done uh, coming up uh, later on in the show in the six o'clock. But we'll break down all the matchups uh, all throughout the day. I'm uh, gonna have a lot of fun with. And, of course, there are some NFL stories uh, that we have to get to that uh, are playoff-related or at least related to some of the teams that are playing in the playoffs. So we'll do that. You can always be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing, so please do hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. That's the best place to do it. Also, you can do it via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. Also, because um, we have, uh, like I said, some... Uh, it's a couple of Longhorn topics to get to that we'll, we'll get to coming up next segment. Uh, we'll also get into a little Texas basketball conversation, previewing their matchup coming up this weekend with Texas Tech. We'll do that in the 6 o'clock hour, too. So not not wall-to-wall uh, uh, super wild-card discussion, but most of the, uh, the show will be devoted to breaking down those wild-card matchups. Okay, this is related to the wild-card matchups. This is actually something that it broke yesterday. Uh, Dan Orlovsky does really good work for for ESPN, um, and I like the work that he does. He did his quarterback rankings, playoff quarterback rankings, Harch. Um, I'm, I'm sure you might have seen this. <laughs> oh, you know your boy did. Uh, so I'll just give you guys the quarterback rankings, and you tell me what you guys think about it, agree or disagree. And I think mostly I want to discuss where Dak Prescott is ranked in the Dan Orlovsky quarterback rankings, uh, his power rankings for the playoffs. He's got uh, Patrick Mahomes at number one. All right. Um, he's got Joe Burrow at number two. Josh Allen at number three. He's got Jalen Hurts at number four. Uh, Justin Herbert at five. Lamar Jackson, which kind of, I mean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Throw that for what it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, technically, Lamar Jackson won't be available. He's got him in there. Tom Brady at seven. Daniel Jones at eight. Trevor Lawrence at nine. Geno Smith at ten. Kirk Cousins at 11, uh, Dak Prescott at 12, uh, right ahead of Brock Purdy at 13, and then Skylar Thompson uh, at 14. I think these rankings came out before maybe Lamar Jackson was officially ruled out, uh, but Lamar Jackson won't be available. Uh, but either way, he's got Dak Prescott at 12. Also, strange little nugget, threw this out there yesterday, Harge, five Big 12 quarterbacks. Mm, that's that. nice right there. The Big 12 mm-hmm. represented on this list of playoff quarterbacks. Uh, but I digress. That's the one thing that I'll be excited about with that ranking uh, <laughs> for the Big 12, okay? Uh, well, Dak's ahead of two of those Big 12 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He's, had, mm-hmm. he's actually yeah, he's ahead of two of those, big Brock Purdy and Scholar Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, but give me your thoughts about Dak Prescott's ranking. You 
have admitted uh, lately you have um, not been the most um, enthusiastic advocate of one Dak Prescott. One hundred percent. You still you still a fan. But, Very much so. You know, it, it's hard for you to argue your case when Dak Prescott's leading the NFL in interceptions. He's very high risk, high reward quarterback. Uh, what are your thoughts about where Dan uh, Arlovsky has Dak Prescott ranked at 12th? <clears throat> well, the thing that really stands out to me is you can move uh, Lamar Jackson out of there. So that'll move him up a little bit, but when you look, but <laughs> you look, but you look at his sweet mates, true. as you like to say, when you like start looking at his sweet mates, you're looking at Kirk Cousins, who everybody has been comparing Dak Prescott to all year. Amen. Cousins has been balling; it's one of his best years ever. I agree. Yeah, just like you were giving us the numbers yesterday mm-hmm. about Dak and how he and Kellen Moore they're top five and. You start looking at the numbers and you're like, well, why are they disrespecting Dak? Well, then everybody always has said something about Kirk Cousins and the way he's gone about his play. But Daniel Jones ahead of him, Daniel Jones, this is his first time in the playoffs. Like, how are you going to put – I mean, I get it. He might have had a decent year. This but year he might be considered better or as good as Dak or better, but this is the only year. This is the only year. So maybe that's what he's saying right now, but I, I agree with you. The totality of the resume, Dak is easily is better than Daniel Jones. And, you know, you look at number one, two, and three, no discrepancy to me. I mean, you can move them around. Patrick Mahomes is the best. You can look at two and three and be like, okay, we're splitting hairs. I'll understand that. I love Joe Burrow. You know that. I've been looking mm-hmm. at it. I'm like, man, that's my pick. We'll talk about it. That's who I think is going to the Super Bowl. I think Cincinnati's going to beat him. But I sit here and I look at Lamar Jackson. Then I look at what Tom Brady's going through. And you look at the numbers comparably. You can't say that Dak is that far behind Tom Brady, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith, and Kirk Cousins. So for him to go out there, I I think what's really Where happening now. Him? Where would you put that? I would put him at either eight or nine. You'd put him at eight or nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would put yeah. him there. Right. But here's the thing. I think everybody is trolling Dallas Cowboy fans. <laughs> I really do. I think everybody's looking at what has gone on in the last few weeks. And we've talked about this at nauseum. Even even um Clarence Hill was on with us yesterday, was talking about Dak's got to play better. We all agree with that. Dak can't turn the ball over. And if Dak doesn't turn the ball over, and you brought up this, and I'm, I appreciate the fact that you did, this is not something that Dak normally does. No. This is an outlier season. And so entering the playoffs, if you want to go strictly entering the playoffs, I still think Dak is in the 8, 9, or 10 position. He's not the... 12th best quarterback going into this right now. As a matter of fact, I think you could put Brock Purdy higher because of what he's done in a short period of time if we're truly going by entering the playoffs. His team is 10 and 0. Yeah. I mean, they've won 10 straight games and what is he 5 and 0 during this time? I, I do think Dak gets punished a little bit because he has been such a uh, kind of high risk, lo- kind of a low risk, high reward quarterback. He's being punished this year because that has obviously flipped. He's a high risk, high reward quarterback. Interception rate f- from 2016 to 2021 was 1.7 percent. That puts him 
fifth lowest right. of all the quarterbacks in that time span. So this is not in his DNA as a player. Some reason, whether it be injuries or just you know the, the, the personnel and the chemistry or lack thereof, he is throwing a lot of interceptions, and not all of them his fault. Because Correct. we've seen right. the tip passes and the, the drop passes, all that kind of stuff. Um, go look at the— cause he's That's got, why you're my dog, Rod. That's yeah. why you're my dog. <laughs> no, 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 he, he, he has missed five games. Yep. So there are a lot of people saying, well, look at the interception mm-hmm. rate. It is really high, and I totally agree with that. 1,000. Um, but there are a lot of quarterbacks who have been high-risk, high-reward quarterbacks like um, Josh Allen, and he's, he's thrown 15, 14 interceptions exactly. the last couple of years. But, but because that's become his kind of the reputation for Josh Allen, right, um, boom-bust type player, high-risk, high-reward, he doesn't get criticized for his interceptions or for the turnovers that the Bills have. They have a lot of turnovers, too. Exactly. So it, it's just that this is, like I said, it is an outlier, and it is something that's uncharacteristic of Dak. That's partly why people are a little shocked, and it's become such a big story. But it is affecting the bottom line, which is dubs, and and, and wins and losses, and here it is: they won, they won twelve games, they went twelve and five, and exactly. here's the other part: they're favored in this game, they are favored in this game, regardless of what Dak is doing. They are favored, they and, should, and, yeah. and, and they're two and a half point favorite on the road against the goat. So, why is it that he get? And to your point, and I'm, I'm thank you so much because I'm I don't want to have to defend Dak as much, but I'm with you. <laughs> why is it? Josh Allen getting criticized near as much because his problems have been in the red zone. Dax has been outside of the red zone, but it turns into a pick six. So it's magnified. It's magnified but, but the, by that. But Josh Allen has been turning the ball over in the red zone, and nobody's even talking about it. But it's also for that's a good point. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Also, for what, what we are kind of human beings obsessed with when looking at trends, uh, we like to see things happen uh, in a kind of a linear yep, fashion. Yep, yep. And when they don't, it you know it becomes distorted, and it really does kind of uh, it, it 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 panics. <laughs> uh, it does it panics people a little bit just because think about it. If Dak had taken the same like uh, path of development. Um, the same trajectory as Josh Allen. I don't think people would be talking about, you know, this issue with him and the interceptions. But Josh Allen, we saw him. Uh, he's always kind of been this type of player. And for Josh Allen, this is not uncharacteristic at all. Like him throwing interceptions, that's part of his DNA. That's part of his game. You're going to get the boom. You're going to get the boom bust factor. But for Dak, it's not. So we're, we're seeing it's not happening in a linear way. You, this is we've seen Dak always be able to, in a moderate way, be very, very responsible uh, with the way he handles the football. This year, that is not the case. So we people are, are I guess, maybe panicking about it being a start to a trend. Uh, and that is fair. And I and I I do mm-hmm. not disagree with that worse at all because it, now the pick sixes have started. But you know, what I mean, the pick sixes right. have started too. In addition to the interceptions, now he's getting even so careless with the, with the football that it's actually leading to opposing teams getting non-offensive touchdowns. And it definitely has to be about the pick six. It definitely has to yeah. be that they're scoring and as yeah. he's throwing that out or yeah. whatever. But the fact still remains that you can look at what Josh Allen has done, and he is a he is an MVP caliber quarterback. But he's turning the ball over in the red zone, and that should not make you an MVP. That should cost you MVP votes because you, too, are being careless with the football in the money time. Mm -hmm. Dak is doing it on their end of the field. I mean, you know, he's not doing it when they're going into the end zone. He's doing it 
wide open in the middle of the field, pick six. Okay, I get it. I don't like it either. And it could have been a lot worse throughout this year. But I also say, well, why are we going to penalize Dak and move the goalposts? Because it's something, to your point, that it doesn't happen that often. It's starting to be a trend for right now. And now we're going to say, oh, Josh Allen, this is who you are. It's okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's okay. It's a great point. You know like basically, that? we've accepted Ex- no, that we don't need him to improve exactly. that part of his game. And that's who he is. And, yeah. and, and you know what? I think, I think that's fine, too. I don't, I'm not criticizing Correct. Josh Allen here. I like his Correct. game. Correct. But Matt Stafford last year led the NFL in picks. And nobody talked about it. I would bring Ever. it up a little bit. You did, bit. all the and time. So, and I'd be like, you know he leads the NFL in interception. Yep. I think he led the NFL in interception and pick sixes. Yep. It was not a big deal. No big deal. Because you know why? The team was good on defense. They he, started scoring. Yeah, they went and went risk, to the Super Bowl. High reward, yeah. And they shouldn't. They couldn't have. They should not have gone to the Super Bowl because the guy dropped if an interception. boy dropped yeah. an interception. And it would have yeah. been apropos, right? So it it would have been like, mm. yeah. It's all about it's the perception of yep, it. Yep, Whoever yep, that player yep. is that's turning the football over for Dak right now, the, the perception is that he's careless with the football. The truth is that is not that's not been the case. That's not his career. mo. Um, but this year, yeah, I, I, I mean you can't deny it. The, yeah, the numbers no, don't lie. I'm not gonna die, and, and that's that, why I'm sitting here like this, <laughs> nervous. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what he does versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean that's the big question. Will Dak throw an interception again versus the Bucks? Uh, and if he does, it, it'll keep the Bucks in it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I just, I just love the concept that if you told Dan Orlovsky, "Hey, you got your your team's in the playoffs. You get to pick one of these quarterbacks." He'd pick Daniel Jones before Dak. When we all know there's zero chance he would pick. No one would because no. you go, "Hey, man, this guy's got experience. He's got this. Yes, he's had some errors, but we can fix those." Meanwhile, Daniel Jones, we we know what his ceiling is, and it's not close to what Dak's ceiling can be. We can run the ball with Daniel Jones. That's that's the one perk we have on it. So there's just some guys in there that have zero playoff experience that you would never take in a playoff scenario ahead of Dak. And you go, look, even if he throws one pick, I bet he can throw me three more touchdowns into some of these guys can. It's amazing that, you know, coming into the NFL, Dak was seen as the more mobile quarterback than a Daniel Jones. Not, and they obviously came in the league at different times. Um, but Daniel Jones now has been, his mobility has been weaponized. Well, yeah, and that's, that's also scheme and, and coordinators well, said, and coaches. Dabble, yeah, because Brian weapon- Dabble and Kellen Moore is – Calling plays that he run, which he don't run. Yeah, well, just like he did with Josh Allen. But, you know, Brian Dabble's been an offensive coordinator for a lot of different offenses. It's just, it's amazing how you can just see the the skill set of a player and go, oh, no, no, we can we can really expand his game and expand his skill set by just yeah. utilizing his strengths. And that's what Brian Dabble did. Yeah. He, I think he's running for like 700-something yards. Oh, no, he's, that's, that's like. That's crazy. That's the reason he's higher on this list is his run game. It's definitely not his passing. That's crazy. Yeah. I never thought we'd be talking about that with Daniel Jones. Yeah, he's he's been unbelievable this year. 708 yards rushing. Especially after that run he had last year where he ran, was wide open for a touchdown, just fell over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and, and yeah. So we, we can we'll get back to the Cowboys. Obviously, we got till Monday to dive deep into the Cowboys. But I thought that was interesting that Dan Orlovsky did his quarterback rankings. I think he does a little bit of that trolling the Cowboys. Cowboys fans are easy to troll. I brought this up early in the week. You know, the Cowboys fans. If you ask most of them, they think Dak Prescott. Dak is whack. They think Dak Prescott is a an average to mediocre quarterback. And they also think Kellen Moore is an average to mediocre offensive coordinator. Yeah. And my argument would be it can't be both. But they both can't be average and mediocre or both be terrible or trash because they've had top five offenses every year that they have been coordinating and quarterbacking together. Right. So, I mean, that that can't be the, the take. 
that no. both of them are bad. If you want to choose Dak is bad and Kellen Moore is propping them up or vice versa, I'll take that argument. Or both of them are just slightly above average, I'll take that argument. But you can't say that both of them are trash. You can't well, go there. Yeah, well, let, well let's, that's why you're. That's why y'all are easy to troll. Because y'all do because it's so dramatic. It's dramatic. It's you, drastic movement. If you ask them about Kellen the Moore, top. they yeah. think Kellen Moore is trash. You ask them about Dak Prescott, they think Dak Prescott's trash too. And it's like, yep. well, they both can't be trash. Yeah, it's a combo pack. It's trying to figure out how we're going to make one, both of them get to the middle ground. That's what I need. I need middle ground between both <laughs> of them. Because, yeah, you're right. We can, we can go to extreme on each of them. Right now, I'm on the extreme of Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott has not played well. And, and we have seen that. And the pick, six is, the pick sixes have been the biggest issue because mm. that's what people are really, really looking at. They can handle an interception. They might be saying, oh, he's forcing throws. We talked about the tip passes, things that have happened. There have been some other issues where you can go back. We can go into the conversation of the fact that Noah Brown has ranks one of the worst in separation from, their, from the time that they're open for Dak trying to get the pass to him. He still tries to get the ball to him. Don't throw the ball to him. Get ready to do something else. But then you look at what T.Y. Hilton was doing last week. He dropped passes. There were some plays where the receivers didn't help Dak out at all. But the obvious is pick sixes are the things that everybody's talking about because they have been crucial and they've been big situations. Yeah. No, you're right. Dak's, um, I mean, he's got to play at a much higher level, period. That's it. It's, it's, That's it's, it. If he plays better, yeah. then all the conversation changes again. That, there's a reason quarterbacks are paid to big bucks. You yep. get all the girls and you get all the grief. Yep. So uh, you might you got to do better. Nobody, no doubt. Do better. No, do better. Do Dak. better. And I, I'm a Dak fan too. Nope. He's got to do better. Um, all right. Let's get to some of the other uh, playoff matchups, some of the interesting playoff matchups. Uh, which one of these matchups, Harge, do you think over the weekend is going to be the closest? Which one will come down to the Which one is most likely to come down to a game-winning drive or a last-second field goal. Which one of these matchups? Um, I would. I, I've already. I've already been looking at this, and I continue to look at this, and I keep thinking the Jacksonville and the the Chargers, Chargers. matchup. Keep That's wanting to call one. them San Diego, but I I firmly believe that this is going to be one of those games. We found out today, Mike Williams is not going to oh, play. Man. Got a fracture, small fracture in his lower back. He's not going to be able to play. Um, you look at Austin Eckler. I don't believe that they've been using him effectively down the stretch as well. And this is a big game for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert trying to to be the golden boy that everybody wants to anoint him as. But the biggest question mark in this game is Staley. Staley is the head coach. I trust Doug Peterson because they're not even supposed to be there. Let's be honest. At one point, they were, they were the team that – Everybody's like, well, you can see them improving. You can see certain things. And then they started getting on this little win streak. They started playing better. Uh, even even Trevor Lawrence, he's had his ups and downs, but they went to the running game. Yeah. And Travis Etienne and my kinfolk, Jamichael Hasty was doing that thing on the, on the goal line. Shout he's out. their short yardage back, and he's the one coming out of the backfield as mm-hmm. well as third down. But Zay Jones, were we expecting Zay Jones to be the wide receiver that he's become in this offense? You look at what Christian Kirk has been ever I mean, been able to do. This has been a good year for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but is this game too big? Because don't forget, Doug Peterson, NFL Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. Brandon Staley, 
he is a yoga dude on the sideline. Remember, he was doing yoga, and everybody's trying to figure out what was going on with him. Man, trying to get a stretch on. Man, you know you can't be to call in place. No, no, he was he was actually going to run stairs. Remember? Yeah, he had to stretch it out first. You know yeah. how that is. You want to get your workout on these yeah. days? That, oh man, you gotta you better stretch. No you better warm up first. No man. doubt, you gonna hurt some. No doubt. Uh, but I I do agree with you because uh, Doug Peterson I think is uh, definitely a better coach than uh, Brandon Staley just because Brandon Staley's inexperienced. He is making the play in his second year as a head coach uh, but I think some of his decision making getting back to why Mike Williams is missing the game mm-hmm. he shouldn't have never been in the game Thank last you. week there was no way for you to improve your playoff seating you were trying to make a statement of some sort and it came back and it blew up in your face even Joey Bosa at one point had to leave that game um, but fortunately enough he's going to end up playing but Mike Williams not going to play uh, that's your leader in receiving yards um, and the offense is averaging three and a half fewer points per game 50 Fewer yards per contest without Williams in the game. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna hurt him. That's gonna make it easier to be able to game plan uh, the passing game. And one of the things they worry about. And by the way, in Herbert and Justin uh, Trevor Lawrence, sorry, Justin, yeah. Trevor Lawrence and uh, Justin Herbert, both quarterbacks in the last since Week Nine, I should say, they're first and second in completion percentage. Uh, and you're talking about 93 and 95 passer ratings since week nine. So you're talking two of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, and two of the the young, you know, the young guns in the quarter uh, in the uh, in a, NFL right now, who are supposed to be the next generation of great quarterbacks. Uh, one of my big concerns, or at least one of the things to keep note of, Jacksonville's defense has gotten hot. It is arguably the hottest defense in the NFL right now. They've uh, forced 27 turnovers as a defense, so they're very opportunistic anyway. They've scored 111 points off those turnovers, tied for the most in the NFL. Uh, but their pressure rates lately, since uh, basically over the last five weeks, the Jaguars have led the NFL in pressures, in takeaways, uh, and they've only allowed an average of 15.6 points per game with three defensive touchdowns. They've gotten hot yep. defensively. Arden Key and uh, Josh Allen on the defensive line, big reason why. Uh, Arden Key, highest pressure rate in the NFL over the last five weeks, fourth most total pressures. Josh Allen, sixth in that time span. That's something to, to be concerned about if you're rooting for the Chargers is that Jacksonville's defense has gotten extremely hot, and they're, they're a playmaking defense all year long, but as as of late, they become probably the best playmaking defense or one of the best playmaking defenses in the league. Yeah, and and that's what we've seen. And I think it might have started against the Dallas Cowboys. I think you're right. You know what I'm saying? When they got the pick six and ended the game in overtime. I mean, there were so many things that during that game, right. you looked at Jacksonville and you're like, man, they fly to the football. They make this type of play. They've done this. And Josh Allen, the defensive player, has been balling out for them. And that entire defense has done well. So I'm thinking that is when it started to go in the right direction for Jacksonville when they played the Dallas Cowboys and ended up beating them on their home on in, in Jacksonville when it seemed like that was a home game for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, uh, both these teams, because these coaches, Brandon Staley and Doug Peterson, they both like to be riverboat uh, gamblers to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like to go for it on fourth down a ton. Both of them are top 10 in fourth down attempts. So if it comes down to that game-winning drive or that last uh, second or minute, last second field goal, uh, fourth down attempts, something to keep up with, uh, yep. which one of those teams is having success, having 
success with it on that day. They're both around 51% conversion rate, too. Uh, all right, we come back. We got uh, Longhorn news notes and nuggets to get into. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. There's a, uh, another player that's hit the transfer portal. Transfer portal giveth and it taketh away. Uh, and DeMarvion Overshone being ranked as a top 10 linebacker on, coming out. We'll talk about that. And one of the old linemen supposed to miss the spring. There's an update on that. We'll talk about all that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. We play jams from local bands and artists, very talented people that you can uh, hear live right here in the ATX, the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Billy King and the Bad, Bad, Bad. They're playing mm-hmm. tonight at Firehouse Hostel and Lounge. Oh, yeah, I like that. The Bad, Bad, Bad. Is that how many bats? Three bats? Three bats. Three bats. I want to make sure I got it right there. Uh, all right. You can be a part of the show. Of course, you're the most important part of the show. Specs text line 512-337-3776. Uh, got a few NFL news. I'm sorry. Longhorn news notes and nuggets to get to. We'll get to some NFL discussion. We'll get back to it. Top of the four o'clock because we got to get to the NFL all pro teams that have also been released. The the one the the one voted on by like the uh, the Associated Press. That one. The real one. Not the one that the the, the, the players no, did. What did we say yesterday? One. What did we say yesterday? You said these players don't even know. They don't even I, watch I, the field. I love them. But yeah. <laughs> they just got a lot of biases. Oh, for sure. They a lot vote of, for my homie. Yeah, they got a lot yeah. of personal things standing yeah. in the way. Sometimes they don't like the younger guys because mm-hmm. they want them to pay their dues, that kind of stuff. Yep. Nah, we're not with that. And honestly, I think this all pro team, if you want to compare it, to the players, uh, on the players voted on All Pro Team. I think you can see the differences we we're talking about. Yes, sir. Two, the two that we actually brought up, the one you brought up and the one I brought up, as to why we thought that one was a farce. Yeah, actually, you know that was. Now know, it comes to it comes where to we needed to be. Yeah, now yeah. it's actually, but they, uh, the AP agrees with us, and yeah. maybe that's why we're Love members it. of the media now, and we're not <laughs> players anymore. Uh, that was a long True time that. ago. True uh, that. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, this NF. I uh, saw these Longhorn news notes and nuggets here. So there are, there are a couple of things here. There is a Longhorn who's in a transfer portal now. Uh, the cornerback Ishmael Ibrahim mm-hmm. has decided to enter uh, the transfer portal. This happened, I'm assuming, last night or uh, late yesterday. He's uh, one of the highest ranked uh, members of that uh, recruiting class. Of that was it, 2020 recruiting class yeah. that he was a part of. Uh, he's one of the highest ranked members of that recruiting class. The number 14th corner, number 14 cornerback nationally. Um and uh, actually in that sorry twenty twenty one 
I believe. Yeah, he was. that's what I was looking at. Yeah, right it's now. a 2021 recruiting class. Yep. So I apologize about that. Um, so he was one of the highest ranked members of that class. Remember, he got into some off the field trouble. He was yes, charged sir. with violating like, Oklahoma's revenge porn law at one point, um, and then he also was arrested by UTPD and charged with uh, misdemeanor assault. Um, and interfering with an emergency phone call. I don't really know all the details about that, but I think that those issues got him in a doghouse with coaches and the program, and he was unable to you know, get out of that doghouse to try to compete for a spot on the field. So he's going somewhere we can have a fresh start. That's what the transfer portal is all about, um, and I'm sure he's going to get picked up pretty quickly because he was a really highly ranked prospect coming out for Texas. Yeah, there's going to be an opportunity for him. It just wasn't going to be here at the university, especially when you start looking at uh, recruiting classes that are starting to come in as well. Sometimes, and Rod, you've seen this happen quite a bit, actually. Sometimes people get recruited over, you know, oh. and there's just an opportunity there. And, and yeah. you're, you're, you're not in good favor mm-hmm. with the coaching staff because you're showing some undependability mm-hmm. right there. So they're, they're making their adjustments, and hopefully this young man lands on his feet and he can find himself another home. But – it was time for, for a change, and he probably saw that as well. And there's a lot of opportunity out there nowadays, and why not take advantage of it right now? Yeah, Fresh start somewhere else. I mean, we've, Texas has had so many uh, different players who've hit the transfer portal have already ended up mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, at, at spots at major universities, Power Five programs. Yep. Um, I don't think it'll be any different. That's a good sign to me too. Um, and I don't know if they start. They'll start keeping up with this with all the attrition rates and the transfer portal. Now it's. I mean, it's only been around for just a few years. Um, but I do think it's a really healthy sign when the majority of your players who are transferring. And by the way, everybody's going to deal with high attrition now. That's yep. just part of the deal. That's just modern day college football with the transfer portal and NIL. But where your players end up going, because as Harsh pointed out in one of his Harsh Knock Lives a few months ago, not all these players are transferring on the same level via the transfer portal. There's a a good number of them, a a good uh, percentage of them that unfortunately are having, unfortunately, but they're having to transfer down a level, whether going from the Power Five to the Group of Five or going from D1 to D2. Um, And some of these guys, unfortunately, get caught up in purgatory. They don't end up anywhere. Right. They just end up SOL without a scholarship because the grass is not always greener. But the majority of the Texas guys who hit the transfer portal, I don't say uh, they've all they've done pretty well. much landed at yeah. Power Five or Group of Five schools. So good for them this yeah. season. It, uh, and it's something too, Rod. You know, in this day and age, when we start looking at the expectation and the life expectancy at a at a university, oh, it's man. rare. Yeah, it's rare It'll nowadays because man. everybody. I deserve to play. I deserve to play, which very well may be true, but the competition is what gets you on the field. Mm -hmm. And we know in every single sport, especially this one right here, where it's a brutal contact sport, injuries happen and you're going to get an opportunity. But when you get the opportunity, are you going to make the most of it? Or are you going to say, man, I just needed more time? No, put the time in now. This is what you talk about every single day when you were going up against the other wide receivers in school. You got to make sure you're going sharpen, iron sharpens iron. And then in that, that, that room that you're competing in with all the other DBs, push each other because yeah. the coaches are seeing that as well. They'll get you your reps. Yeah, and, you're, and what you said too is – I think happening on the four acres is a good thing. It's not good for all of these guys. That's why the transfer portal is a reality now. They're being recruited over. Yep. I mean, Sark is upgrading the roster. For uh, sure. 
And, you know, some of these guys, their rate of development may be slower than Sark and the credit, uh, Sark and the coaches are willing uh, to give them. So they got to move on somewhere where they can have a, a, a better chance to play and maybe a system that fits their skill set, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you go look at the guys who have left the Texas program via the transfer portal this year. Uh, you got Prince Dorba. He's at Arizona State. Yep. You got Andre Carrick, Tennessee. Yep. You got Devin Richardson. Washington State. You got Junior Angelau, went to Oregon. You have Jameer Johnson, the cornerback, went to Indiana. Hudson Card, Purdue. Uh, Troy Murray. I haven't heard anything about Troy Nothing Murray. Nothing yet. Nothing yet on Troy Nothing Murray. Nothing yet. Uh, DJ, That's the one I'm worried about. I'm a little worried about that because of the back-to-back injuries. Yeah. Yep. Um, DJ Harris, uh, the edge, South Florida. Mm-hmm. Ovia Gofu, we just learned that. Uh, LSU recently. Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, most of your guys have ended up, like I said, with Power Five or Group of Five programs. That means that the guys who don't feel like they can compete uh, on the four can compete and to make your roster or at least make uh, the starting twenty-two on your roster, they are going elsewhere. And a lot of these guys, they're getting more than an opportunity. They're probably going to get playing time. Yeah. At these other places. No doubt. So that's a healthy sign, I think, for the program in a transfer portal era. Watch where your guys are going when they're leaving the program. Do other teams, other programs covet those players? That's exactly right. And Silver lining when a kid is leaving that he's going somewhere and gets picked up right away mm-hmm. as opposed to some that are just hanging out there trying to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. That's good it's stuff. Like, it's like keeping up with your exes. Yep. Keep up with your exes, man. Make sure that they're doing well. They're I hope doing they well. Upgrading. That, that exactly. Yep. It reflects well on you. It's yep. okay. Right? Yep. 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 <laughs> it reflects well on you if they're doing okay. Oh, yeah. somebody just you said Troy Mary went to Arizona State. Oh, did he really? Nice. I didn't see that. That's okay. good. That's, That's once good. again That's great. going back to that formula. I mean, I think it's a healthy sign for the program or it shows the, the roster building is in a really good place for Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um getting back to the roster building, I saw this story too, unfortunately. Um, uh, Cole Hudson, um, and this was, I think this was, uh, actually I got it from Longhorns Wire, so I don't know exactly where they got it from, but, uh, it says that, uh, Cole Hudson may end up, uh, missing the spring. And, uh, right now we know that, that one of the things, sorry, it's on three is where I got it from. So yep, I apologize. Yep. On three is where I got it from. Um, says he's going to miss spring, underwent surgery on Monday to repair a partially torn labrum in his right shoulder. Um, and the prognosis, they say, was successful. Uh, so Hudson is likely going to be rehabbing uh, early May and is going to miss uh, the entire spring practice. So no big deal there because you have so much depth. Remember, last year, or when Sark first came in, you didn't even have enough like, right. uh, like really scholarship offensive linemen to go through spring practice. We had that. Yep. That's, was that last spring? It, it was Actually, last, last spring. spring yeah. It was last spring. It was last spring. He didn't have enough yep. scholarship offensive linemen to go through spring practice. And now uh, I don't think that's a concern at all. You have, I think, 13 scholarship offensive linemen or maybe uh, without this group, maybe that's in the 12. But you're in double-digit range of scholarship offensive linemen. And that's not including the guys who are going to contribute as walk-ons. So uh, that that – the offensive line room is in a different place. Yeah, way big time, big time different place. And this is something that we have talked about over the last few years where Texas was struggling to provide depth at the offensive line. Now they are deep, deep, deep at the offensive line, which is what we've been wanting. 
This is mm-hmm. something that we've been begging for because that was the biggest uh, knock against Texas is that they didn't have good offensive linemen. That's why everybody was upset with the Brockemeyers when they didn't when they couldn't close the deal on the Brockemeyers. Now they're getting these deep classes, which has become very impressive, which, by the way, we'll end up talking about this. Kelvin Banks was the freshman All-American. He made the Football mm-hmm. Writers Association freshman All-American team. Yep. That's the that's the the pillar of what you wanted to see on your offensive line. Yeah, he's the foundation, uh, the building block, and I totally agree with you. That guy's – I mean, he's not, I don't think he'll be here um, for – his entire uh, no, no. eligibility to exhaust it because uh, there are a lot of people talking about how talented he is and the guys that he went up against this year, Will Anderson, yep. um, Felix, uh, and Udike Uzoma, mm-hmm. uh, the defensive lineman of the year in, in the big – defensive player of the year, actually, in the Big 12, too. I know that. I know. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been voted we, on by the, uh, the players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I like that. Um, yeah, but he went up against some uh, really some legit NFL high caliber mm-hmm. defensive ends and was able to stonewall those guys so uh, high, a lot of big things expected out of him and you're right Arch, it's not you know that's the toughest part of your offensive line is to try to build the, with those two tackles mm-hmm. you got Christian Jones coming back and you got a freshman All-American coming back at left yeah. tackle Right. Yeah, it's a beautiful and, and, thing. And you got five, you're all, all your five starters are coming back on the O-line but those may not even be your best five offensive linemen correct when you get done with the spring. Correct. That's the good news. And that's the beautiful part of the trenches right now. We haven't had that conversation in a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Hadn't had, yeah, you're right about that. And they got all, you got 10 out of 11 uh, (laughs) starters returning um, for the offense uh, as a a whole. Okay, uh, somebody also pointed out Specs Text Line, and now you think about this with Troy Mary going to Arizona State. You got four uh, former Longhorns who are now um, enrolled at Arizona State uh, to play football there. Xavier Alford, Jake Smith, Prince Dorber, and Troy Mary. Didn't realize that. Well, here's the other part of it. You know what you didn't realize? That Jake Smith was still playing football. That's like uh, your boy yeah. Brew McCoy. Everybody was talking about Brew McCoy, and then you find out Brew is playing at Tennessee and scored a touchdown in their bowl game. I honestly, these days, we were talking about this yesterday. <laughs> Patrick and I were, and I talked. To, we talked about it on Longhorn Blitz. I have no idea how much eligibility guys have now. Right. I, I assume they just have six years. I assume everybody who was enrolled when COVID happened Correct. has six years. I think I that assume. is the number. I think that is how it's being yeah. differentiated is if you were in school during COVID, you, just, yeah. you get your, el- your eligibility goes yeah. from four to six, basically. Correct. You get a COVID year, and they got to give you a red shade shirt year, yes. just so they don't have to deal with you complaining or being upset about how you yeah. got, you know, you got the shaft because of COVID or some other thing. No, I think they're giving all these guys, they're giving them extra year of eligibility. Yeah. Not only with the COVID year, but also with like their whatever their red shirt year. Yeah. Maybe it's a medical red shirt. I'm not sure what it is, but we've seen this over and over again. We've tried to count these guys' years of eligibility, and it don't make a lot of sense. It, at of all. It, some of it doesn't even make at sense. All. And I think either the NCAA has decided we're not going to deny extra years of eligibility, whatever it is. But, hey, if you're COVID, I guess it's their, almost their COVID bonus, if you will. Get yeah. the COVID all you got to do is just say it, and you get it back in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so uh, we didn't get into uh, DeMarvio and Overstrom, but we got time for that. He's actually been ranked by Pro Football Focus as one of their top 10 linebackers coming out in the NFL draft. We got plenty of time to talk NFL draft. We'll get no to doubt. that coming up a little bit later on. We got the flex coming up on the other side. Uh, we'll get to that. And we got lots of discussion about the Super Wild Card weekend coming up uh, this weekend and also the all pro teams that came out today. Uh, we'll discuss them all at that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That means we play jams from local bands and artists that you can jam uh, right here in the ATX, the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Sue Foley. She's playing tonight at Continental Club. All right, there you go. My man Patrick always hooking you up. Matter of fact, if you miss any of the selections for 512 Friday, uh, have that posted for you at hornfm.com. Um, also, go to flxatx.com. That's uh, the uh, the website. Uh, you can go to flxatx, uh, flxatx and all your social media platforms as well. Um, there's always great content up there for you. Um, you got the uh, the basketball schedule uh, for today is up there off all the uh, the men's hoops for 26-6A, 25-6A, uh, 25-5A, uh, and so on. So you can go check that out. Uh, also, uh, there's a lot of other great content up there for you uh, to go check out at flxatx.com. Speaking of hoops, my man Harge was hanging out. Did, did Zay go? Zay did go. Zay did go. Uh, he, didn't so, heckle, he didn't heckle me too much. So Zay was not there to heckle. He was there he in support. Was, he, he was there in support, and he got a chance to watch a bunch of great athletes, young athletes that are going to be difference makers moving forward in their careers. Did y'all win? He came out. Yeah, we did. We, All right, good. Much needed dub. <laughs> much needed dub there. Um, it was a great game, great atmosphere. Shout out to both schools, uh, Dessau and Park Crest. It was an unbelievable game. The funny part about it was I talked to Zay because, you know, you get to the game and you start kind of looking at the game and you're like, man, these refs are terrible. These refs are terrible. <laughs> then I go over to Zay and I was like, Zay, are you going to give them good grades? Because remember, Zay tells you he was the best referee in the state Zay of Texas. Zay does brag about his officiating skills. He does, he does brag he does. about his officiating skills. He was like, man, they doing all right. They over here, they making sure they they just need to get in better position on some of these calls. I was like, thank you. That's all I needed, brother. That's what I needed. But uh, it was good times. And, and again, when we're doing this for the flex and we're doing this for all the kids in the area, and I was at the Texas High School Baseball Association uh, convention today, and getting to see all these people talking about kids is exciting. It is. It is exciting because they are the next level. They are the next mm -hmm. uh, generation that is going to be in the mix, and it's fun when you get to see their successes, mm -hmm. their failures, and their growth. That's the biggest thing for me. So, yeah, Zay was cool last night. He, yeah. he enjoyed himself. Nice. Uh, yeah. That's good. I'm glad y'all won, too. No that's, doubt. Because uh, it would have been, been a long t conversation over here today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And trust me, I, Zay would have brought it up, too. Oh, for sure. You know, the dogs sure. live on air. But that's I'm glad right. y'all got, got the dub. <laughs> that's what matters. Uh, all right, go check out flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Uh, we come back, we'll get into the all-pro teams a little bit, but also continue to break down the matchups and this uh, super wild card weekend Coming up right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.